0: Welcome to a special presentation of the Remedial Film Class Podcast. Tonight we look at an upcoming film from Vinegar Syndrome Pictures, all thanks to Ted Geogegan, who's also known as Ted Alive or Brain Ted on Twitter. He's a director, but he's also working PR for Vinegar Syndrome, trying to get the word out on this exciting new movie. And the first movie from Vinegar Syndrome Pictures. Now, the Vinegar Syndrome Company has been around for years and years. They're a restoration company. They primarily focus on getting old 35mm and 16mm movies scanned into a digital format before they degrade. The name Vinegar Syndrome comes from the uh, degradation process of 35mm film. And why is that important? Well, if they aren't able to, and if other companies aren't able to get these old films and get them into a digital format, we are going to lose them to time. So... It's a race against the elements and a race against time to preserve as much film history as possible. Now, Vinegar Syndrome does tend to aim for the genres, uh, mostly, you know, exploitation, horror, adult. A lot of fun stuff in the Vinegar Syndrome archive and available at their store, the archive in Connecticut. But this is a new venture. This is the first picture from their own in-house production uh, company. So it's a Vinegar Syndrome pictures release, the first one. And we were given early access so that we could give our little take, uh, or three takes, as it usually is on this show, uh, about the upcoming film. Uh, And we're going to release this just in time for you to get hyped and get your orders in November 1st when the first release comes out. Now, it's going to be a 4K release along with a Blu-ray, all the bells and whistles of a special edition release. Fantastic packaging. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome will put any movie uh, into a fantastic package. Even Killing Birds. And so as usual, we didn't give George any kind of information up front. So he was a bit flabbergasted at first, but you can hear him come around as we go. I'm just going to tell you, this is Dan. A 100% recommend this movie. It's bonkers. But the right kind of bonkers, like the watchable kind of bonkers, you still, some of it doesn't make any damn sense. But it's like the best bonkers movie I've seen this year, and I've seen a lot of them. Just as a little preview, I want you to understand What Vinegar Syndrome has done is they've taken footage created in the 80s, so a literal 80s movie that no longer had any sound design and was in no way compiled. And they went in and actually formed a movie out of that footage and re recorded the entire sound. So, you know, everything from your vocal performances to your Foley work, your sound design, the whole package is brand new from scratch. And so you get this unique opportunity where for the first time in years, everyone's discovering a brand new 80s movie at the same time because it did not exist until this year and the cast is full of famous people from the b-movie world guys i'm telling you this movie rocks so without any further ado let's go ahead and get the show started here and we'll bring the guys in and we'll see what george thought with no background and then we'll give him background on how this movie came to be stick around for that it's insane Uh, as all these good movies are but we will not spoil the movie, no worries. Uh, if you have not seen the movie, chances are you haven't, because it didn't exist until right now. Alright, on with the show. <laughs> Welcome to a special edition of the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan.
1: And I'm Travis. And I'm George.
0: And today we join you with a preview of an upcoming film, the first from Vinegar Syndrome Pictures, New York Ninja, the 1984 half-finished masterpiece that is now a 2021 brand new release. Guys, this movie is awesome. So our normal format for the remedial film class is to make George watch a classic film that he should have seen over the last 30 years. What the heck's wrong with you, dude? And then uh, if he doesn't love it right away, which he usually doesn't, uh, we give him the context and background so that he realizes what a fool he was for not loving it right away. See RoboCop. Uh, Dude, RoboCop. Come on.
1: I came around. Took me almost a year, but I came around. Well, we had to hire the actor that played RoboCop to yell at you. And he was, he was, <laughs> he's like, your the, move, creep. He was the straw that uh, that broke the camel's back, mm-hmm. as they say. Well, actually, hopefully
0: we brought enough straw to break your back tonight. Oh, George, I initial impression of New York Ninja.
2: This movie need Robo- RoboCop in there.
1: Okay, so I, uh, I actually just got back from the hospital. Um, I was in for um, alcohol poisoning. Because I was playing a drinking game while watching the film, which is a drink every time you think to yourself, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> and so I just got back like five minutes ago.
0: Well, and here's the deal about the New York Ninja. We're just going to jump right up front. We're not going to spoil the movie because this is a preview rather than a review. Mm. Although all three of us have seen the movie to completion, I assume. Uh, and I mm-hmm. hope So, the thing about the New York Ninja, I don't know that you're aware of this, George, because you've never seen a Kung Fu movie, have you?
1: Uh, I've seen a Kung Fu movie. Not like a huge Kung Fu fan. Mm. I mean, Kung Fu Panda 2 is pretty good. <laughs> it's not a Kung
0: Okay, so Fu. <laughs> aside from the, the pandas who Kung, their Fu, these movies, uh, Kung Fu movies, especially of the 70s, 80s, even back to the 60s, are a lot like the Italian mm-hmm. giallos in that they're made mm-hmm. for you know, uh, $10 and a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're meant to appeal to you know, people willing to just walk in and not question what they're seeing uh, on the screen. So
2: the critical mind is not really... Kind of like horror fans today.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. You don't need the critical mind to enjoy what they're going to bring to you. Because for the most part, they're going to bring you karate kicks, uh, stabbings, and some boobies, right? Like, we're not talking about high art here. (laughs) We're talking about art for the masses. Okay. So if you came into New York Ninja expecting The Grapes of Wrath, you know, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Aaron Sorkin, you're in the wrong theater, bro. Mm. We're here to kick people's faces in wear silly masks, and stab a couple of dudes.
2: Yeah, movies like this played in, not porno theaters, but like the CD theaters on like the third street off the alley, not like on the main strip. It's
0: okay. 42nd Street, man.
2: Yeah, but like. It's like mm,
0: porno theater, porno yeah. theater, this movie, an Argento movie, porno theater, <laughs> strip club.
2: Yeah, it was like 1980s New York.
0: Which is exactly where they shot the movie, uh, gorilla style. Now, Mm -hmm. none of that's even going to help convince George of the merits of this movie. But what I think the thing that this movie brings to the table that all the other Kung Fu movies of the era did not, this movie was shot completely in 1984, but was not finished until 2021. Guys, they redid the entire audio track from scratch, including all the sound design. They rewrote the script to fit the film that they had and they created essentially a brand new story out of existing video materials and still managed to make an awesome, coherent, fun little action movie.
2: It actually is even more interesting than that. Like picture a nine or 10 cans of like raw footage traveling here and there being p- passed off to this estate and this estate and then being bankruptcyed uh auctioned off mm-hmm. to a a, a pla- basically a place that wants to they like to restore movies, they like to put out movies that were never released, they like to, you know, take B movies and re-release them cuz no one owns the rights anymore like Mhm. And they have these cans that they were going to throw away and they're looking at it like okay, they all have the same name on them. Let's uh let's take these out and see what what's in there and they basically look at it all it's not in order usually you have a clapboard with like a a scene number and like right. a, all this information on the clapperboard but there's no script for them to figure out where the hell this scene is in the script right uh they find it they're they're watching it they like picture jaws right a movie like jaws now mm-hmm. this is nowhere near the caliber of jaws no certainly not i
0: mean there's an argument to be made
2: okay or the shining okay let's say kubrick died While filming The Shining, Mm -hmm. and his family inherited those cans, no one was allowed to touch them. And then 30 years later, in an estate sale, somebody goes in and buys these cans from Stanley Kubrick's estate. They find out it's The Shining. They don't know what The Shining is. They put it in. There's no soundtrack whatsoever. You can't hear a word anybody's saying. Okay. You don't have any script, so you don't know the order of these scenes. They're all raw. Okay. And you're looking at it, you're like, okay, short of lip reading- I have no idea what the hell they're saying. Right. So, And even to, if
0: you do all the lip reading, it still doesn't make any damn sense right. because <laughs> a lot of this footage would have been eventually cut out or trimmed right. to not, uh, finalize the movie, but they never did it.
2: Right. And they, they, my issue with it when I was watching it was obviously the voice dub because that's right. my thing and I can't stand the voice dub.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hi, this is Dan in post. If this is your first time here at the Remedial Film Class or if you're a new listener, I would recommend that you go back and listen to our episode when we showed George Dario Argento's The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. You'll get the full scoop on how Travis can't stand when the mouths don't do exactly what he expects them to do, and he sticks to his guns. So I don't know if that's something to be applauded, but I mean, I'll golf clap it. Anyway,
2: back to the show. When you put the voice dub with, like you said, it was gorilla style. It was like, get the shot and let's get out of here. You know, acting was not important. Emotion was not important. None of that was important. Anything was get the information on film and then we'll do it in post. Okay. But then they didn't have, like the guys that found the film, they didn't have any information. Yeah, the in post
1: never happened. In post never happened. So that's what we did. So they get voiceover
2: people. Because I'm watching the ending and I'm like, Cynthia Rothrock, what the hell is she doing a voiceover for? She's a martial artist. Why is she in this movie? Like, it was bothering me mm-hmm. when I saw her name. And then I, the whole movie, I'm looking for L- Linnea Quigley. I'm like, I know she's in this. She's not in it. Uh-huh. I can't find her. So I'm rewinding, and I'm like, was she one of the prostitutes? Was she one of the cops or whatever? No. No Linnea Quigley at all. And then I'm like, Don the Dragon is in this. I didn't see him. He's an awesome fighter. Why is he not friggin' in this movie? <laughs> so none of that made sense to me until I found out the history of this thing it's just their voices yeah they got them uh, you know uh, two years ago to do a year and a half ago right today not cynthia rothrock in the 80s who would have kicked everybody's ass in that movie Mm -hmm. but now so it made and the michael barryman too i was like okay i didn't see him either so none of that made sense once i found out what the movie was i was like okay i can completely respect these guys for what they tried to do and what they did and they succeeded in what they were trying to do to an extent. It's still a 1985 kung fu movie, 84, <laughs> okay. and it's that's what I grew up on. Like when I was a kid, Saturdays were Saturday morning cartoons, uh, kung fu theater, creature double feature, and WWF wrestling. That was it. So, but I tended to not watch the kung fu as much. I was a Bruce Lee guy, and they were not Bruce Lee. Plus, the dubbing bothered me even back then. Right, And you get nothing but dubbing in kung fu movies.
0: But you also get a lot of really good karate kicks. I mean, I guess they're kung fu, uh, taekwondo kicks. I'm very confused because they say it's like a kung fu movie. But the martial arts being practiced looks more like taekwondo. But I am no expert. Guys, uh, Curtis Spieler, who directed this movie. Guys,
1: guys, guys. Brad Henderson. New drinking game. I just came up with it. (laughs) Every Every time time, I say guys. Every time Dan says guys, that's his
2: convincing voice.
1: He's trying to convince guys. Guys.
0: So for the sake of the listeners who, uh, you know, want to hear what happens, guys. guys, 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 listen, Curtis Spieler, the director of the redirection of this movie made, I would say an above average, at least 80s Kung Fu movie. Right. out of wishes, prayers, and a little bit of raw footage. Like this guy created a miracle and I, I hope that people realize when they see it, I mean the guy is violating the crap in, crap out rule and with enthusiasm. This is cinematic alchemy. Curtis Spieler made a plot that's worth following in a movie worth watching out of a scrap heap. And Brad Henderson, the producer? My gosh, He's a great Twitter follow uh, if you're on Twitter. Uh, Brad's great. But he put together such a strong cast of like the Vinegar Syndrome all stars, right? Guys from exploitation movies and action movies that they've been publishing over the years. People that like Linnea Quigley, who everybody instantly recognizes her if you're into these movies. Uh, Michael Berryman, oh my gosh. I mean, a, a champion actor coming through with an insane performance that has to be heard to be understood my gosh and again we cannot thank Ted Geoghegan brain Ted on Twitter the work in PR for vinegar syndrome we can't thank him enough for bringing us in and giving us the opportunity to see this movie early and get it in front of all your eyes ahead of time because my gosh guys my gosh
2: yeah I think I need to be clear on the difference between liking the movie like the actual movie that John Lau was it Lau? John Leo? John, the, uh,
0: it's spelled Lou, but the the voiceover guy says it Liu. Okay, John well, Liu.
2: The film that he filmed, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't like, but the work that Vinegar Syndrome did, I do like. Right, like I, I think a lot of the things I had a problem with the voiceovers. I think they did a lot of it on purpose to match the film right because it was very hokey and and almost like on purpose hokey right like the direction was he's he's playing it Nicolas cage style on the screen that's how you have to deliver it (laughs) so i think back then it
0: was still uh wings hauser style
2: right but it's like a lot of the gang stuff was
0: just so bad so oh my gosh! Voice... Or so wonderful. It just your cynicism right. over what is essentially an hour and a half version of the beat it video, but with more masks.
2: <laughs> it's basically what it is, with more masks. It's wonderful.
0: Right? The beat it, the beat it aesthetic is all over this movie, yeah. just with a little extra human trafficking. I think you're watching. Yeah, I think you're watching it with a little
2: <laughs> different, uh, because you're a jalo person. You're watching it with a little bit more care and caress. I'm Classic
0: uh, Giallo, Michael Jackson's "Beat It." Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but you mentioned Giallo, Giallo
2: earlier with with the Italian. Uh, the the basically it's the same formula in the Italian movies as these movies. I yes. think what he's
1: talking about is the sound and the dub, the and, dub and all and that. The, how they film and then they they right. take we have their a film, cool story, but we don't yeah. really
2: care what the acting is. We just well, yeah. going to be dubbed anyway. They take
1: their right. yeah, they take their film that has no sound on it to the sound studio and then they. Add sound to their right. film. That's how the Italians did it right. in the 70s. They so, just
2: didn't wait 30 years to do it. Exactly. Right. To me, it was, that was the movie that was made, and then these guys went ahead and wrote a script, and they made a new movie from the old footage. And that that's actually sounds like fun to me. Like I could totally... I remember when Carpenter talks about when he shipped Halloween around to all the places without a score, everybody was like, what is this crap? And then he put a score in, and it made it the top 10 greatest horror movies of all time so with this that's basically what these guys tried to do they tried to add a a dialogue type score to a movie they have no idea what it's about and the context of these characters like the guy melting like seriously
1: completely overacted that actually makes more sense now that like you get this you get this this film the picture and you have to come up with a storyline that matches it. Yeah. Like some, like every
2: once in a while, a word matched what they were saying. It was almost like watching bad no, lip, they, lip sync. No, they mostly,
1: yeah, yeah bad lip reading. Yeah, bad lip reading. Like yeah. Some
2: of the words did match.
1: A lot of them did. Yeah. And actually, that was like one of uh, my wife. She was, she watched a, a few seconds of it Oof. before she left the room. Yeah. And she, Lucky uh, her. <laughs> and she was like, why are they, yeah. Why are they, why is it dubbed? They're speaking the same language. Right. Like usually, you know.
2: And that was what I was thinking when I was watching. I was like, these are all,
1: yeah." There's, it's, not a,
2: it's filmed in America. It's yeah, American actors. They're they speaking could, English
1: yeah. and they're they're overdu- overdubbing in English. What is going on here? Which is normal for, like you said before, Jallo mm-hmm. did that in, in Italian all the time. Right. And even in English over there in Italy. But, you know, and I tried to explain that to her. I was like, what, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is from a long time ago. But you don't really see it usually in American movies like you know films in New
2: York Schwarzenegger playing uh you know Hercules coming to America then they dub his voice with somebody else's which is pretty funny <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't seen that so yeah. uh, I, I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take your word for it it
2: doesn't fit in our
1: no <laughs> <laughs> no well um or Lucio Fulci's
0: zombie also filmed guerrilla style in New York we watched it at the beginning of uh, our
1: spring outbreak earlier this year so anyways yeah, she she said she didn't understand that either, and you know, I I didn't either. Mm. I didn't watch the um, uh, what what is the uh, the documentary, documentary the 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 behind the scenes, um. So I'm just going into this watching this this movie, yeah.
2: and the reason why I said that was when it, when I watched the documentary, uh, one of the names that Dan mentioned, Brad was it Brad Henderson. Yep, he mentions in the documentary. I want someone today to watch this movie as it is and not know any of this just watch it as if it was in 1984 found footage movie kind of thing like we just found this we're releasing it, it was never released it's kind of like when they find like a missing song from bob dylan or whatever it's like we're just going to release it and that's what he wanted
1: the all right, well, see he it that well way. he really messed me up <laughs>
2: <laughs> he messed me up too because i watched the documentary second right so all the anger that i had I was like, "Oh, okay. Now it makes sense. That's why the lips weren't matching. <laughs> That's were, why you were angry. I was angry. Like <laughs> I wanted to punch a baby. I said it. <laughs> I, like all babies, and I like babies, but I, <laughs> I, I wanted to punch one. So I stayed out of the uh, the
1: keep your the babies away ward. from Travis yeah.
2: <laughs> at work. Um, yeah. So I was just like, and I, I was just angry because it, it was, it was so simple."
0: now in the uh, documentary they talk about uh, a couple other movies that John Liu has done uh, Ninja in the Claws of the CIA stood out to me as one I'll be looking up as soon as I can find the DVD copy of it because I, I doubt that's made it to Blu-ray yet but guys alternate title for drink. Ninja in the Claws of the CIA <laughs> guys drink Kung <laughs> Kung Fu Emmanuel now if you know me Uh, As a fan of trashy Italian cinema, uh, you've already sold me on this movie. Kung Mm. Fu Emmanuel. Okay, I'm in.
2: Mm. Rock and roll. Well, I thought you were in on this movie because it's basically the story of Bruce Wayne.
0: Yeah, it's totally (laughs) a Batman movie. That's another thing we need to cover.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I'm watching him like, he's basically in the alleyway where... You know, putting the flowers down. Okay,
0: it even kind of looks like Batman eighty nine when he's doing the flower bit.
1: Do you remember how in um, in uh, Wayne's World they went to see the Shitty Beatles? Mm -hmm. This is like the Shitty Beatles, the Shitty (laughs) (laughs) shitty Batman. (laughs)
2: It's so shitty, (laughs) and it's a little bit of Spider Man too. Like it has. It's a a little bit
1: of Spider Man. It's a little bit of Punisher. A little bit Uh, of Punisher. It's a little bit of. uh, What was I thinking? There's a there's another there's a couple movies. What's
2: the Seagal movie where he his family gets wiped out and he. Is it marked for death or above Mm, the law?
1: I don't know. Hard to kill.
2: Hard to kill. One of those.
1: Yeah. They They all have the same title. I can't keep them
0: straight.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I remember that he's like in his bedroom and his family gets wiped out right in front of him. So it's like, yeah, it's that kind of movie where it's it's a revenge, a death wish type movie.
0: It's got some Western elements too here and there where you're like, oh, okay. That's a little bit, you know, samurai movie by way of Western, by way of 80s beat it aesthetic batman it's kind of bad dudes versus dragon ninja the movie yeah.
2: it's like Dragon double dragon
0: <laughs> yeah i mean these are all the, it, dude, the lawyers this movie is awesome and it comes right in a it's it's also it deals heavily with human trafficking and, and mm. prostitution and it comes in the middle of the 80s and so like in 82 you get vice squad in 83, you get Angel. In 84, you get Savage Streets and New York Ninja. And then in 85, you get street Walking. And all these movies all connect in, like, aesthetic ways. They're all in New York. Oh, guys, I think this movie's awesome. Now, George, you've seen the movie The Wall, correct? The Wall? The Wall. Pink Floyd's like pink The Wall. Floyd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think when he was transforming into the fascist in the backseat of that car as he melted his outer layers to comfortably numb... Mm-hmm. Did you ever think, man? If only this was a sex scene.
2: <laughs> no, George finally got the boobs he wanted from Scream. <laughs> I never
0: really thought. Oh, a, I never thought of combining sex with comfortably mm. numb until this movie, and now I'm kind of intrigued, guys. Mm. New York Ninja, it'll take you places.
1: Yeah, that was the scene that my. Uh, that was the scene that my wife walked in on. Really? Oh, yeah, nice. Naturally. naturally. No, I think she did. Like that was like later on. She like came in and was like, "Oh, do okay. they have radar
0: wives? Is that how they do that?
1: Yeah, what? I know
2: John Lewis' story oh, live. Yeah. I wish they would ask him what the F with the melting guy. Like, I want to know the real <laughs> premise of this movie. Like, Well, and who seemed... knows? There might be reels missing.
0: There might be a great origin right. story somewhere on another reel that just got lost in the shuffle. And it's up to these, you know, these heroes over at Vinegar Syndrome who were just like, you know what? We're going to make it make sense as best we can. This could
2: be a Marvel movie. This could be like a, an origin story. I found of a it more entertaining
0: villain. than a lot of Marvel movies. I don't know, guys. I've never seen a rat tail like that rat tail in oh, any Marvel man, movie. Oh
1: man, that dude, man, that dude. So bad. <laughs> it's so
0: funny too, because if you've seen the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from '91 or so, whenever yeah, they made that 90, one, 91. the aesthetics of New York and really just like even the lighting design and like the every, this feels like it was made a year before Ninja Turtles. Mm. And then if you make three ninjas a couple of years later, like there are so many parallels and through lines. Those three movies kind of, they all exist in the same timeline for me. And I'm happy to be Just, here in that timeline.
2: It's funny in the documentary, they were talking about how famous and important like, at that time frame ninjas were like, it was like the, the big thing at the time. And mm-hmm. they mentioned all these things that were, The reason for it. And they never mentioned, because it was like 85, 84, they never mentioned G.I. Joe. Like, the two coolest characters in the G.I. Joe cartoon were ninjas. Right. Actually, the three coolest characters, if you think about it, like Quick Kick, uh, Snake Eyes, and Storm Shadow were all, like, kick-ass ninjas. So everybody growing up, that was the thing. Like, ninjas were the thing. And then, obviously, when you get into the 90s with... The movies that Dan just said it was like mainstream like everything had a ninja it was like three guys a girl and a ninja like <laughs> yeah they were just everywhere oh pizza pizza sh- store run by ninjas like
1: it was everywhere I grew up on three ninjas that's Such a mov- movie that's a movie I have seen
2: nice it's from so when good I was a kid
1: that was the only VHS was, on your counter it was wholesome enough for my yeah for my house
0: <laughs> light up the eyes boys light up the eyes
1: <laughs> hmm yeah hey so, mighty ducks <laughs> yeah mighty ducks too yeah
0: <laughs> so we're talking about the sound design earlier and you know all the foley work too don't forget george that it's completely audio lists right so everything you heard in this movie from sound I effects yeah. to clanging oh, yeah. backgrounds everything they had to recreate from scratch and i think they did a hell of a job if anything it just sounds as hokey as standard in the 80s sound design but they yeah. did it 30 years later with no connection to the source material it is definitely authentic but the soundtrack of this movie, guys, you cannot argue with me on this. The soundtrack by Voyager Three, it's good, is really good. Right from the first bit, I was like, "Oh, this is fresh!" Like this is an old can music. Like they they made a whole new score for this movie. And oh mm-hmm. man, oh man,
2: yeah. But then the acting, though.
0: Well, it's a kung fu movie made for without permits in the eighties, without audio. Like Didn't you really, know all that. I mean, yeah you got to give it, you know, you got to have a little bit of understanding about what we're doing here. Like, this is, it's like going to a punk rock concert and being like, yeah, you know, but Singer was a little pitchy. It's like, yeah, because he's <laughs> doing punk rock. Like, this right. isn't. We're not here for the paparazzi's, right? Like, Simon Cowell, sit down.
2: I didn't know any of that when I was and watching it. And it. Like, it
1: probably had a budget. This, you know, probably didn't the, have a The makeup the guy said he had $100 all.
2: to do all the makeup in the entire movie. <laughs> 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 but I learned that in the documentary. Right. It's, to me, they should lead this movie off with the documentary.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, because and
0: that's it's... actually an interesting... I mean, you could make that sales pitch right here is that, you know, buy this release from Vinegar Syndrome for the documentary, and then once you're intrigued... Check out this amazing product that we got on right. the main feature.
2: Here's the end result of of the, you know, the the soundless film we found.
0: Well, and here's the thing, uh, maybe my favorite thing about New York Ninja. We often say on this show that, you know, they just don't make them like they did in the 80s, you know? And mm. that's a problem, right? Especially, you know, if you have a genre you're attached to, I'm big on slashers. Once you've seen all the major 80s slashers, the good ones, you're left with slashers you haven't seen because they suck and nobody's ever shown them to you because they're terrible. Or, you know, stuff from the 90s, stuff from the 2000s, which, as we've discussed a lot recently, the 90s and 2000s slashers do a lot of, like, Mandela effect, like how we remember the 80s movies but not actually how Mm -hmm. they were, you know, uh, this false impression nonsense that they do. In this opportunity, guys, you have a new 80s movie the way Mm -hmm. they used to make them and that's never that's not going to happen often right like right. there are going to be projects that companies like Vinegar Syndrome will be able to track down and clean up and you know heck this might become a thing they may do two or three more of these but you're not talking about dozens of movies that we're going to unearth and have remade so this is a really unique opportunity to to have one made like they used to make them
2: only have it be new
1: hmm it's interesting it is definitely
2: interesting, and if they need someone to do voiceover work, just give me a call. <laughs> 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 I would love the opportunity to do what they did. Yeah, I mean, that's just want, really cool.
1: Yeah, if like you want to have Bart Simpson in your film, <laughs> yeah, right?
2: Yeah, you have Homer Simpson. I'm gonna beat everybody up. No Homer, I said yeah, not Bart. Bart. You said Bart.
1: I said Bart. I meant Homer.
0: There's a quote in the documentary: "Unrelenting crotch hell." If I haven't just sold you a Blu-ray, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Guys, go find out what's going on with unrelenting crotch hell. Guys, yeah. drink. <laughs> drink. Drink. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm super excited. I was, <laughs> I was excited for this movie. And then after getting... It's one of those rare times. I've seen the movie now, right? I got the opportunity, thanks to everybody over at Vinegar Syndrome, to see the screener and, and get a preview of this movie. And it's a day one buy for me. I can't wait till they open the pre-orders, so that I can send them my money, so I can watch this in UHD. Holy shit, guys! Four K (laughs) UHD, New York Ninja.
1: It's I just I'm so excited. I think the I think the moral of the story here is don't skip the uh, documentary.
0: Oh no. no, no, definitely watch the documentary. I I would recommend a New York Ninja documentary sandwich. Watch the movie, watch the doc. And then yeah, watch the movie again because it's just, it's, it's that good.
2: <laughs> what was that with the snake Plissken guy? George doesn't know who that is, but the <sighs> the guy with the whip and the patch on his eye.
0: <laughs> there were so many questions <laughs> just like, with I'm regards like... to bad guys. I mean, there was a lot of like, a lot of bad guys with some really interesting.
2: Questionable uh, outfits. Outfits. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost you know, like it the, the casting call was, uh, go to your closet, find nine things that don't go together and put them on.
1: Put them
0: on. <laughs> Do you have a Halloween mask? Yeah. From the company that isn't Silver Shamrock. Okay, grab that mask. There was All one
2: right. skull mask though. Did you see that?
0: I did.
2: The one guy had the Silver Shamrock skull mask. Oh, There's I so, didn't, many,
0: I didn't so many masks in this movie.
2: Uh, it wasn't a Don Post though. It was like a knockoff Don Post. Uh,
0: if you enjoy life and also like silly movies, this is a this is the 10. Yeah. Like this is get your buddies over, uh, prepare some adult beverages eat a lot of tacos and watch a movie this is the perfect opportunity for that ah, this is a heck of a movie guys i can't wait to watch it again like i watched it t- this morning i watched it tonight while we were getting ready for the show i can't wait to watch it again in a higher definition
2: mm. as soon as i heard the first dub i'm like oh dan's all over this movie <laughs> it's right up his alley i knew you were great. It was gonna be a love affair
0: I'm really not a huge Kung Fu movie guy. Like the story of Ricky. Hell yes. Right. It has all the other
2: elements that you love though. It's like, it's, but it's it's
0: so endearing and
2: and it's it's campy and it's over the top. It's, and I love
0: a punk rock movie. Give me Satan's blade any day over most mainstream, even 80 slashers, you know, uh, they're trying really hard and they're getting results and maybe it's not Friday the 13th part 4 right which is the superior slasher but satan's blade has something special you know uh the mutilator guy's fall break i bring that up all the time that movie mm. rocks my face off and it doesn't make any sense at times
2: well like, but it's like I, I like so i like it's like funhouse funhouse is like oh my gosh uh, it's a great oh movie gosh. but it's like so not mainstream hey you know, when was the last head.
0: time michael myers got a hand job you know what I mean? Like is that Funhouse. what was happening?
2: I thought she was sitting on him.
0: <laughs> no, she, that guy gets a handy, and then he kills everybody. Oh god! Yeah.
2: Uh, oh right, right, right. Funhouse right. is weird, man. Yeah, Funhouse is a weird movie. But I love it because it's crazy. It's yeah. definitely Dan's kind of movie. <laughs> and I think the makeup in that movie was actually Rick, was it Rick Maker?
0: Yes, it was, and directed by our friend Toby Hooper. But back to New York Ninja guys. Comes out November 1st. Blu-ray. HDR UHD 4K Blu-ray as well. Packed with special features. Fantastic packaging. And a documentary that really could sell you the disc with the movie as an accessory to the documentary. I thought that was worth the most price of admission anyway. Uh, if nothing else, because I learned about a movie called Kung Fu Emanuel. <laughs> Guys, I cannot wait to track down a DVD of that on eBay. All right, George. Final verdict. Now that you know the backstory of that crazy movie you had to watch, hmm. does it make a little more sense as to why you had more questions than you thought you would? <sighs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And don't you kind of want to watch it one more time now
2: that you know? I might watch it again with context now.
1: I was Well, yeah. I Well, first of, first and foremost, I need to watch the documentary, which I yes. haven't seen. It's not the kind of movie that I normally, you know, that that I normally love. I love epic movies. I love tragedies. I love Mm. like, you know, it's gotta be like really, really well done. That's what I love, right? Yeah. Would I watch it again? BSing with you and Travis? Yeah, absolutely. That's the perfect opportunity with your
0: buddies. Have a couple of cold ones. Laugh at the silly parts remind yourself that you can't do any of the awesome martial arts that this guy can do and just kind of sit back and relax as he's kicking dudes in the head all kinds of creative ways yeah dude's a heck of a martial artist like i don't know what kind of movie maker he is on the whole because we never saw his version of this movie but john Liu can kick a man in a lot of creative ways and i was entertained
1: yes yes
0: Well, thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast, and thanks for sticking around for our final thoughts on this fantastic movie, New York Ninja. Head over to VinegarSyndrome.com on November 1st to pick up your copy in 4K, UHD, HDR, or, you know, just, it comes with a Blu-ray too. It'll cover everybody. If you haven't shopped with them before, they have excellent customer service. And guys, this movie's insane, but it is so much fun. If you enjoyed what you heard tonight, feel free to come back on Wednesday. We'll be posting our next episode. We post every Wednesday on YouTube and every podcatcher you can think of. We're wrapping up the fall break here with an extra week in November. And then we'll be moving on to a a special treat for George. He's about to go through some things, and he doesn't know it yet. And I don't know if he's going to listen deep enough into this episode to know that I added this postscript. So stick around and come see George go through some things in November. Should be a lot of fun. Once again, we have to thank Vinegar Syndrome for creating this insane masterpiece. And to the entire crew, from Curtis to Brad, and over to Ted at PR. Guys, thank you for this opportunity, but also, thanks for making this movie. As I said, we're on YouTube and a lot of pod catchers. You can just look us up, Remedial Film Class Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram, at Remedial Film Pod. You can find us at facebook.com slash remedial film pod. And if you want to interact with the guys, give George a hard time, make fun of Travis, tell Dan how great he is. I mean, okay, you can make fun of me too. It's fine. I can take it. Head over to facebook.com slash groups slash remedial film pod and join in the conversation. Uh, Just don't spoil any movies for George that he hasn't seen because that would ruin the science. All right. We'll see you back here Wednesday.